This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today, we have Peter on from Spiceworks at Davis. And our topic today is learning preference and the desire for remote work. So we'll do some introductions. Peter, would you do us a, do, do us a favor and introduce both yourself and Spiceworks at Davis? Sure. My name is Peter Sai, and I'm the head of technology insights at Spiceworks Ziff Davis. And I'll introduce our company first. So, Spiceworks Ziff Davis is a company that uh, some of you might be familiar with because of our community, uh, which is called Spiceworks. It's the largest online community of IT professionals of its kind in the world. And it's where IT buyers, so the people who are managing and maintaining and fixing your computers and making technologies, technology decisions, uh, it's where they go for advice and to connect with tech vendors. Uh, some of the most famous tech companies out there in the world, I won't name plug any of them, but uh, it's an online marketplace where these two groups meet, both to do their jobs better every day. I and what that. I do... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And what I do for the company is as head of technology insights, it's primarily a research role where I'm talking to both of these groups and trying to figure out what their plans are in the future, uh, what technologies are hot, what best practices are each of them following, um, where is the industry really heading? And we publish a lot of these insights for both of these groups to consume. And that helps further our mission of helping both of them do their jobs better every day. So as part of that, I'm doing research on many topics, uh, mostly technology focused, but we also do a lot of research on hot topics of, of the day. One of them being the future of remote work. And uh, in relation to what the topic is today, we really asked about how remote work has affected people's preferences and uh, how how that relates to their learning styles and when we discovered some pretty interesting insights there let's let's actually jump into some of the insights top top line what what are you know i love studies and i, I know you do too but i love studies because you start off with kind of a thesis or an idea and it's been my experience at least you're always blindsided with yeah something that just came out of left field like <laughs> didn't expect that Dad, no i had no idea that that was going to happen and then there's always some things that are kind of validating like yeah we kind of knew that okay that's good it's it's been validated um yeah what's what's your experience first of all uh what were some of the things that as you teased out the data and you you looked at the results what 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 kind of came across you're like huh okay that's interesting yeah, so as part of our research, we, we ask a lot of different groups about themselves, and we ask them tons of different questions. And then we look on the back end and try to relate some of these seemingly unrelated data points together. But then when you, you layer them on top of each other, you see very clear trends that 
wouldn't make too much sense uh, off the bat. But then when you think about them, you're like, yeah, that, that really does make a lot of sense. And in this instance, we asked everybody who took our survey, so over 600 people, if they were working fully remote or if they were hybrid or if they were working completely on site. And then separate to that, we asked them a different question as to what their learning style is. How do you prefer to absorb new information and how do you prefer to communicate that information? And we saw a very strong relationship between these two. So, and it, it's not just where we ask people if they're fully remote, what's your preference? And if you're completely on-site, what's your preference? We, right. we covered the full strip spectrum. So are you hybrid and working mostly remote or are you hybrid and only sometimes working remote? And the relationship was a straight line. So a very strong relationship. And what we found was that those people who are fully remote are almost twice as likely to be visual learners than those that are completely on-site. That was the biggest surprise. Other, other clear relationships we saw, people who work on-site are much more likely to be social, more than twice as likely to be social learners. That's kind of obvious. Uh, but then there's other areas where we, we found that people who prefer to learn through speaking out loud they're much more likely to prefer being in office too. So maybe Zoom's not cutting it for this verbal interaction. Maybe they wanna be face-to-face. -face. So um, yeah, those learning styles were very clearly correlated with where people were working, both the, the visual and the social aspects in addition to the linguistic learning styles. Uh, we saw a clear relationship there. Did you, did you, did you see in the data anything else uh, demographically? Uh, that kind of came out uh, in terms not not just of learning styles, but but uh, as it relates to remote work, where you're like, okay, so this is people that uh, that are social that want to learn this way also tend to be, or or in this study at least, tend to be you know millennials or millennial women, etc. Did you is was there anything that kind of came out or, or stuck out for you? Yeah. Uh Interesting that you asked that question. Uh, we did a separate survey about how technology relates to the way people want to communicate. So we've been asking the same questions about workplace communication tools. Right. So email, video, voice, uh, Slack, for example. And uh, one of the threads we've been following for a long time is whether or not employees prefer to use email or do they prefer Slack for their mm -hmm. primary mode of communication? And it might not be a surprise, but the younger people are, the more likely they are to prefer these newer tools such as Slack or Microsoft Teams, these real-time messaging apps. And uh, we saw that this trend has been increasing among everybody over the past several years. Uh, so maybe four or five years ago, only 30% of the audience really prefers Slack over email. But then when the pandemic hit, that slowly increased to uh, around 40%. And now two years into the pandemic, it's the majority of people prefer these tools over email. So email seems to be phasing its way out, led by a lot of these younger uh, respondents and also right. led by some of the more senior people as well. Yeah, they're just tired of it. 
<laughs> uh, well, senior in the sense of that they're they're the ones in charge, so they're the executives, and right. they're kind of pushing this change as well. So that was oh, that's interesting. So when uh, I noticed that you went into uh, learning styles, did y'all uh, notice any anything around learning differences like uh, uh, dysgraphia or dyslexia or any of those types of things? Was there anything that you saw in the study in terms of impediments to learning? Uh, we didn't specifically ask about those, but the conclusions that we draw drew because of these learning preferences and work locations was that companies and maybe HR departments should be cognizant of how their primary audiences prefer to consume information. Right. So if you have a primarily remote workforce, then it's very likely that they are visual. So uh, you want to include a lot of images and graphs and maybe not so much pair them up with others to try to learn things because they're very unlikely to be social learners. And you probably don't want to make them read a huge wall of text because right. they're very unlikely <laughs> to be, uh, you know, linguistically readers. They, they probably want to see a, a quick video that explains things to them. And um, I guess the other main conclusion from our study was that um, these preferences are most likely due to the fact that the labor market is quite good now and people right. can change jobs pretty easily and find a position that best suits them. And I don't think most people consciously think of whether they're a visual or linguistic or social learner, um, but they know when a, a position feels right to them. Right, right. It's, so, it's, it's really interesting that you say that because it's almost the definition of art. I don't know what it is until... It speaks to me, right? So it's it's uh it's very similar. It's like, but it it's also something that you'd think that you'd be able to self-test or understand better uh in terms of like how you like to learn at that particular moment in time. Again, that might change over time and circumstance, etc. But it seems like something as an individual or employee, you could learn, but I love again the way that you phrased, you know, this is something, especially in HR. You should you should research and find out how people like to consume information learning, so that it gets consumed. Like <laughs> again, it's right. in your it's in your best interest to find out how they like to learn, so that you provide it in the way that they like to learn. Exactly, and then maybe if you're working in a company that provides hybrid options, you you provide both. Maybe there's right. a video. But there's also a transcript of the video for people who would prefer to consume it that way. Right. And also your, your materials that you're marketing with. So in HR, you're marketing to people you want to hire or attract to your business. So if you're trying to attract a 100% remote workforce, you're probably wanna, you probably want to use some video and um, some more visual elements to, to appeal to them. So let me ask you about like the different, like um, something I've been reading a lot about lately in terms of soft skills and, and uh, uh, a lot of executives kind of, you know, that want to kind of re re return to office some, somehow uh, hybrid or otherwise is, mm -hmm. is the argument of you can't do, you can't teach soft skills over Zoom. Soft skills are learned creativity and collaboration and, you know, ideation and these, these things, they happen in a room, they happen in a place. That's right. all arguable, of course, but, uh, but it, it's find it fascinating that it's like, okay, well now 
now we can now we can maybe split some hairs on certain types of things that you want to learn and and where where that preference is have you, you have any takes on that um maybe yeah it's, it's towards the end of the, the the report that we're referencing really said that i mean there's different modes of communication and different learning styles for everyone and True, there's no replacement for in in person, but right. personally, I work in a company that allows everybody to be remote all over the world. And I say all over the world because we have people in Asia and in Europe and in America, and we are all working together pretty seamlessly. And it's true that we've never met face to face, but in, in many ways, I think it's it's really effective because we are we are hiring for people who prefer to work in this in this environment and people who actually thrive in this environment. So, if you're selecting for the people that are already adept and would would perform better in their roles in this sort of purely remote environment. I think companies can benefit from that. Um, I, yeah, I think you need to learn social skills face to face, but right. if you can hire people that already have those skills, then uh, it might be a moot point. Right, 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 right. If you, if if that's important to you, you hire for it, like like everything else, right? If you you're hiring a front end developer and you you want them to be able to write eight hundred lines of code a day, well, you're probably not getting a, a person right out of college. <laughs> okay. Right. Exactly. Fair enough. Yeah. Check. I want to get your take on uh, something I read about yesterday around the, the Dutch house uh, proving, uh, making uh, basically work from home a legal right, which I, which I found fascinating. I mean, first of all, it's the Netherlands and, and I, you know, the Dutch can do some really interesting things anyhow, but it's just the way that we think about work, the COVID you know, I know you, I know you know this, but COVID sped mm-hmm. up a lot of things that were already there. So yes, we're people were working remotely <laughs> before COVID, but it sped up. You know, on Thursday, everyone's going to be working remotely. Okay, so that that mm-hmm. actually was new. Um, and there's a bunch of other things that sped up in in HR and recruiting, which is fascinating. But what do you what do you what do you think about like okay, the way we think about work and and not necessarily dictating a model, but giving people the freedom to then say, no, you, if you want to work in that industry or that job, you actually, sh- you, you have the right to work from home. Yeah, uh, it's a very interesting question. And it's one I've thought about a little bit. Um, and I, I know from working with colleagues in Europe and from some of the data that we're seeing coming back, that Europeans really prioritize work-life balance more so than 100%. So um, them them proclaiming it's a a right might not be a huge surprise. Uh, And the other thing I want to talk about, you said that the pandemic really accelerated a lot of things. And in our research, we, we say that the pandemic really catalyzed technological change and brought forward a lot of technology purchases Right, because yeah, they might have been nice to have before, 
to use technology <laughs> Zoom and Slack, but overnight they became yeah, business critical. <laughs> yeah, business critical. So you had this sudden rush to remote work and you had this sudden rush to buy laptops and webcams and yep. headsets. Yeah, and purchasing software that enables productivity. We talked about Slack a lot and switching to cloud-based services that can work well with employees who are working out of their homes and subsidizing high-speed internet and just all of the infrastructure that needed to be there. It already existed, but now companies are truly prioritizing the technology to allow their workers to, to operate out of anywhere. So yeah, now the infrastructure is there. Over the last couple of years, we've had this large experiment, worldwide experiment, that's proven that people, certain people can be extremely productive working from home. So I think now that's the baseline. And then different companies or different countries even are uh, thinking about what's going to happen next. So yeah, it's not entirely surprising that the Dutch government is proclaiming it to be a human right. But I think if the infrastructure is there and uh, the proof points are there, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes next. So, so two questions uh, last on the on the study. One is, um, whenever I do a study, you get done with it, res- results are done. Uh, you know, obviously sending it out, getting it out in the hands of people, you get feedback, etc. Mm-hmm. But there's always, for me at least, there's always. Uh, I wish I would have asked this question. <laughs> now knowing mm-hmm. what I know, of course, <laughs> I wish yeah. if I could go back and give my you know younger self, I wish I could give him this advice and ask this question. Do you? First of all, that could just be a me thing. Um, uh-huh. Did you did you have any of those types of things with this study? There's always those those. Uh, <laughs> okay, so it's not right. I guess <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, we tend to run the same surveys, or at least select interesting questions from the same surveys uh, over and over right? so that we can track results year over year. Right. Uh, so for example, one of the questions we ask every year are, is, are you going to spend more on technology next year uh, than you did this year? So what are your future looking plans? So we can kind of look into the future a little bit uh, on, on this one. I think we probably want to keep asking them about how working from home is going and did it live up to their expectations? Like, do you still want to work fully remote or after three years, has your, has your mind changed or after five years, uh, have your preferences shifted at all? So maybe that's something we can keep asking because right now we're only two years into this. Uh, right remote work revolution. So it's it's relatively young. Maybe there's like, people will get sick of it in in five years. It's good to keep following up. It's going to be really interesting. I mean, it's just going to be fascinating. I think, you know, like I joke with people all the time about, you know, if you're a director of demand gen and marketing, and uh, again, if you want to work in the office, fantastic. If you, if you, if you've thrived working from Vermont, fantastic. But now that that genie's out of the bottle, that that you can work from Vermont, now it gets back to kind of an interesting you know, question for both the employee and the employer is where do people thrive? And like it's algebra. How do we solve for where people thrive? 
And every individual, you know, again, at a point in time, you could, your circumstance could change, you know, uh, having children, this, that, the other life changes, you, 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 you might want to work differently. And I just think it's going to be really fascinating. I think your studies can be fascinating longitudinally just to be able to look at how things, how perceptions, but also the reality of remote work has changed. Um, last question and is, you know, for next year. It, obviously, you're gonna you're gonna do the the survey again. You're, you'll do the study again, and uh, I just want to get your take, just thesis wise. Now knowing what you know, mm-hmm. what do you what do you think it's gonna look like next year? Um, so as I mentioned, we're we're continuously doing studies, and we have data that we haven't published yet. But I can give you a sneak preview. Ooh. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so I mentioned preferences are continuing to shift in favor of newer technologies. So I mentioned in previous studies that email is kind of on its way out. We're more into these more interactive modes of messaging now. And as I mentioned, as the millennials who grew up and Gen X increasingly, they grew up in this environment where they're digital natives. Uh, They're going to embrace more of these technologies. So uh, yeah, email is going to continue to move on its way out, um, and that's going to change how people learn and communicate more. So I think as these new technologies come along, preferences are shifting, and as more people are going to continue to work remote, these preferences will continue to evolve yep. as people get more accustomed to them. And who knows what comes out next after Zoom and Slack. That's, I I totally agree. I, I think it's yeah. we we're on that uh, again. You you said it wonderfully. We're two years into this. <laughs> we're two yeah. years into this experiment, which I believe is the way you phrase it. It's like we don't know what we don't know about next week, much less <laughs> right <laughs> two years from now. Uh, but yeah. it is. I mean, it's fascinating to think about, and uh, and I know the people that you know, they're future work kind of experts. I, th- I think they love this stuff because it just shows that, you know, they've been talking about some of this for you know 10 years, 15 years. So, uh, but this has been great. I love the work that y'all do and I love the community that you have. So thank you so much for carving out time for us. Well, no, thank you for inviting me in this is a very enjoyable conversation and I uh, hope we can talk again sometime. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruiting.